0: Because as long as you're listening to somebody else and following somebody other than who God said follow, which was himself, then you're not going to hear from him. Go ahead and pray all you want. You're not going to hear from him. He is silent when we are disobedient.
1: Welcome to Treasure Truth with Pastor and Author James Ford Jr., Senior Pastor of Christ Bible Church in Chicago. I'm Steve Hiller, and glad that you're with us as we continue to look at the story and the life of Abraham and what it was that made him appear in Hebrews chapter 11, that hall of faith, as we look at all of these great Bible characters and how God pointed out the things that really made them men or women of faith. As we just heard from Pastor Ford, we do, if we walk with Christ, want to spend time in communication with him. We want to be in prayer with him. We want to hear back from him. But as he said, if we have ongoing sin in our life, if we're disobedient, if we have something that is getting in the way of that relationship between us and God, we're not going to hear from him. And so it is important for us to keep those short accounts to make sure that we're dealing with that sin in our lives and to make sure that we're obedient. You know, I love the phrase, partial obedience is disobedience. It can be easy for us to say we're going to follow God to here or to there, but not do all that he has asked or commanded us to do, and then to wonder why he's not answering our prayers in the way that we hope or expect him to. Well, that's what we're going to continue to unpack in today's message. So if you can, I hope you'll open your Bible and join us in Hebrews chapter eleven as we continue our message, waiting by faith. Here is Pastor Ford. God
0: spoke, Abraham started packing. Abraham, go. All right. dum 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 dum. I don't know where I'm going, but I'll pack. That's what Abraham did. And so there was no doubt, then there was no, no delay. Yeah, he didn't, he didn't pray about it. He didn't call a committee meeting. You don't got to pray about what God told you to do. You don't have to pray about giving. He already told you to do that. You don't have to pray about witnessing. He already told you to do that. You don't have to pray about whether you should come to church or not. He already told, he commanded you to do that. And so there was no doubt. There was no delay. Then there was what? No details. So that nothing's filled in. Are you ready to give God the blank check of your life, signed, and let him fill it in? If you're not, then you're not ready to wait on God by faith. And so God uh, was taking something from him in order to give him something better. You may have heard the story about uh, the little girl who she loved the pearls that her daddy gave them. Uh, but they weren't real pearls, you know, like, like some of the diamonds that you got in your ears today in church. They, they, they ain't real, you know. I mean, they big, they look shiny, but they ain't real, you know. And um, so they weren't real, but now they had gotten so old uh, that the little stuff was coming off of them, you know. And, and so uh, the daddy said to her, do you love me? She said, yes. He said, more than your pearls. She said, daddy, you know, I love my pearls, but I love you more than I love my pearls. He said, well, then give me your pearls and she cried and she didn't want to give them up do i have to he said you don't have to i want you to give them to me and uh, she said daddy I, I don't want to give them to you." he said okay and then the next morning he said he said uh, you know it bugged her all night she turned her daddy down after telling her daddy i love you more than the pearls and not giving them the pearls you get this on the way home so the next morning he said he said she getting ready for school she said sweetheart uh, would you give daddy your pearls? Do you love daddy more than your pearls? And uh, she said, yes, I do. And he said, okay, then give me your pearls. And she gave them to him through a whole lot of tears. You know how it is. It's hard to let go of something that you really want. You know how it's hard to let go of somebody that you, I mean, something you really, mm-hmm. and so she gave them to him. And whenever she did, he reached behind himself, opened up, was a brand new set of real pearls and put her around her neck and said, I just wanted to make sure that you love me more than those old pearls. I got your real ones. And you know the tragedy is? God is saying the same thing to you and I. You hanging around with that person and I can't give you who I really have for you until you're ready to get rid of that flake, that zirconium man, that zirconium woman, so that you can get the... Ri- Why are you fooling around with generic when you can have genuine? But I tell you what, as long as you hold on to the generic, I'm not going to give you genuine. Well, that's what's going on in the text. Now, that's where we left off. I want to pick it up, and and I want to show you this because whenever we say this uh, by the way that he left, we need some additional information. Let me tell you why. Because there was no doubt. There was no delay. There were no details. But I can't say there were no detours. Say, what are you talking about? See, some people think That if God tells you to do something by faith, it's got to be so worked out that there are no bumps in the road. That there are no curves or there there are no dangerous places. So here's what Abraham did. God said, now watch this. Turn to Acts chapter 7. Now follow along with me. And if you don't have your Bible, look on with somebody. But I do want to remind you that we are Christ's Bible church. Bible is our middle name. Okay, so bring your Bible. As a matter of fact, you ought to have a notebook and a pencil. You ought to be writing some of this stuff down because you're going to need it one day. And you need to go back and be able to say, now, what was that principle? What was that passage? Yeah, that's the one I need right now. You know, Acts chapter 7. It's Stephen. That's the context. They're getting ready to stone him. Verse 1. Then saith the high priest, are these things so? And he said, men, brethren, and fathers, hearken the God of glory, appeared unto our father Abraham when he was in Mesopotamia, before he dwelt in Haran or Haran, if you want to call it that, in Haran, and said, get thee out of thy country and from thy kindred, and come into the land which I will, I shall show thee. Then he came out of the land of the Chaldeans and dwelt in Haran, and from thence when his father was dead, he removed him into this land wherein you now dwell. Everybody got that? Okay, so here we are. Y'all don't mind the Bible, do you? Okay, so here's what we have. That God called Abraham when he was down in Ur of the Chaldees. Now, it says Mesopotamia. It would be like saying uh, Ur, Chicago, Mesopotamia, Illinois. You get it? So he was in Ur of the Chaldees in Mesopotamia. Now, when did God call him? What did the text say? Come on, talk to me. Before he dwelt in Haran or Haran, Right? So then that means God spoke to him before and said, leave everybody behind, family, friends, fame, fortune, the familiar. Leave your comfort zone. And and boy, you know that's hard to do because some people get so comfortable that they think they got a seat in here. And they they got the audacity to tell somebody, you in my seat. Let me go on record as saying now, there are no safe seats in here. If you're sitting down and somebody say you're in my seat, just tell them, then come on time if you want to sit here, because I'm sitting here. Yeah, if you want to sit here, get here before I do. That's what you tell them. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah, there ain't no saved seats. <laughs> yeah, I ain't even got a saved seat. If Somebody come and sit up there, I go sit over here. Talking about get up, this is my seat. Angel, see, I don't see your name on that seat. I helped pay for this church, so did everybody else. Okay, I just had to say that. So, so go back to Genesis now. Go back to Genesis chapter 11. Now look at look what it says in verse 27. And Terah lived 70 years and begot Abram, Nahor, and Haran. Now these are the generations of Terah. Terah begot Abram, Nahor, and Haran. And Haran begot Lot. And Haran died before his father Terah in the land of his nativity in the Ur of the Chaldees. And Abram and Nahor took them wives. And the name of Abram's wife was Sarai, and the name of Nahor's wife Milcah, the daughter of Haran, the father of Milcah, and the father of Iscah. But Sarai was barren. She had no children. And Terah, get this now, in Genesis 7, what did we learn? God told him before he dwelt in Haran, I want you to leave father, mother, sister, brother, cousins, little Willie, everybody. Ray Ray, Pookie, Nim, Pookie Nim. Leave all them behind. Now, notice what it says in 11. He left there, but he wasn't following God. He was following his father. So then how old was he when God called him? Seventy, that's right. God called him at 70. So then he follows his father to Haran or Haran, and that's halfway to the promised land, but in the other direction. The promised land is northwest. Haran is northeast. So now how long did he stay there? Come on. Five years. So then here's the picture that we get. God says leave. And he does immediately. But he's not following God. He's following his father. And he goes to Haran or Haran. And he gets there. And he stays there five years. When did he leave? When his father died. Here's all I'm trying to tell you. God has given you a word. And you've been moving and acting on it. But you have people who didn't hear from God, who you're letting persuade you that God didn't tell you to do that. You got a terror in your life that you're following instead of following God. And nothing's going to happen until terror dies. So for five years, God's not saying anything. Now look at Genesis 12. Look at Genesis 12. Look at Genesis 12 and listen to what God says to him now. Now I want I'll, I'll make emphasis. It's gonna be emphasis mine, italics mine. Now the Lord had said, what is that? Come on, y'all. Past tense. What does that mean? God now, when he was in Haran, God didn't speak to him at all. Because as long as you're listening to somebody else and following somebody other than who God said follow, which was himself, then you're not going to hear from him. Go ahead and pray all you want. You're not going to hear from him. He is silent when we are disobedient. And so what happens? Now the person that was influencing him away from God died. Now God says the same thing Five years later that he said five years earlier. You know what that means? God ain't changed his mind, but he'll wait until everything die that made you change yours. I tell my wife all the time. I say, you know, okay, depend on me. You're supposed to because I'm supposed to take care of you. I made a promise in sickness and health, in poverty and wealth until death do us part. I'm going to live out that commitment. You already know. I told her I'm so committed to her that if she ever leave me, what? I'm going with her. That's right. And so I'm committed to her, but I told her, don't be dependent on me like I'm Jesus, because what he'll have to do is he'll have to remove whatever you're leaning on more than him to show you that he is God all by himself, and that he spells his name capital J, capital E, capital S, capital U, capital S, and not J-A-M-E-S. See, don't get me killed.
1: You're listening to Treasure Truth with pastor and author James Ford Jr., a message entitled Waiting by Faith. And we'll get back to this look at Abraham in just a moment. want to let you know that Treasure Truth is available online. You can always listen to each and every broadcast there. You can simply listen to programs through your computer, order copies on CD, or even download an MP3 for free. Another way to listen, podcasting the program or even the Moody Radio app. The best part about the app, it's free, and it's available at your favorite app store like iTunes or Google Play. It's uh, for your iPhone, iPod, or iPad. Also, Android phones or tablets, and you'll find the links to the app when you come to our website, treasuretruthradio.org. Back to the message, here's Pastor Ford.
0: And so what happens now? It says, and God had said, (laughs) get thee out from thy country and from thy kindred and from thy father's house unto a land I will show you, and I will make thee of a great nation and will bless you. And God said all of that to him and brought him out. It's amazing. It's amazing. It's amazing what God is able to do. Mm, mm, mm. See, when you look at this thing, he says... Abraham demonstrated waiting by faith, by how he left. Now notice, secondly, Abraham demonstrated waiting by faith, by how he lived. How you living? You see, he he lived what he believed. Because if you don't live it, you don't believe it. I don't care what you're saying. And so now he's living it. And and just take these down because I'm not going to go through every one of them. Notice, it's qualified in this verse. He lived with his promise. He lived as a pilgrim. He lived with his progeny. Now notice, or people if you want. But it's his progeny. So God gave him a seventh-fold promise. Now, now you know, just, just take this because you know how I am. When you study chapter 12 and 13, here's what you have. I want to show you what faith does. You can write it down if you want. Verses 1 through 4 of Genesis 12 says, faith takes you out. So then there's the call. And, and then 5 through 11 says that faith not only takes you out, it brings you in. And so now he's brought into the place of consecration. But then verses 12 through 20 of, uh, 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 of uh, Genesis tells us that faith takes you through. So he backslid. But how many know that if a righteous person falls seven times, they shall not be utterly cast down because the Lord will uphold them with his mighty hand. So he brings him through back to the place of commitment. Then in chapter 13, verses one through four, faith brings him up because now he has an altar and he's in communion uh, with the father. And then verses 5 through 18, faith brings you above, that's confidence. Now, he's in difficult circumstances, and there's a fight between two believers. And what does this believer do? This mature believer says, I relinquish my rights to you because God will vindicate me. And then what happens in uh, chapter 13, verse 14? God says, I will do it. And says, look at the land, even that which Lot chose. Because faith finally takes you over. Here's the point. Abraham lived in a land that was promised, but that he never possessed. You ever have something in sight, but not in your hand? That's Abraham. And so he says, look, ask somebody, what do you do when you don't possess your possession? Now answer him. Say, you wait. hmm Yet, here's what he did. Listen to this. He says, by faith, he sojourned in the land of promise, as in a strange country, dwelling in tabernacles with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs with him of the same promise. The key is the promise. That I know that all the promises of God are in him, yea and amen. That there are four things that God can't do. Come on, help me out. God can't lie. God can't try. God can't die. And God can't deny himself. All right, so. He says, I know that God has given me a promise. So what do I need to do? I'm living as a stranger in what I already possess because God said he gave it to me. Okay, I got to come get you because you, I can tell you ain't feeling me. Here's, here's what happened. The, the, the thing is this. Abraham knew it. Now it's in sight. He's, he sees it all around him, but it's never in his hand. And guess what? Even when he dies, the only thing he has of the land that belongs to him is his grave. Then how can you say it's yours? Because you understand it's yours by promise. Okay. here's what happened. Uh, We we own the property on the corner. Some of y'all don't know that. You're new. But we own that property on the corner. Right now, in that property, uh, we have a pro-life clinic. So last year, uh, 200 young ladies decided, because they went over there, that they weren't going to abort their babies. Amen. And so that, that, that's a, but it started off as the Raymond Women's Center, and here's how we acquired it. Uh, I got to tell you the whole story just to get to this part. So those of you who know the story, I, I got to tell you the story, part of the story you already know until I get to the part that you don't know. So here's what happened. Uh, I saw the property. We started this women's ministry and we, we called it kitchen talk in the kitchen. And the first day, it was like 30 women and in a way in the world, in that old kitchen in the parsonage, 30 women could be in there. And they said, we, got, we need a new place. Pastor, we need to find a place around here, rehab it, maybe a house, maybe something like that. Uh, it was a burned out Amoco station and it had been sitting there for about five years, abandoned. And so I said, you know, maybe we ought to see about that, see if we can get that property. Said it at a deacon's meeting. And one of our deacons was a, a real estate agent at that time. He said, they want $275,000 uh, for that property. That's before the big real estate drop. And uh, I said, well, wait a minute. It's been sitting there. Uh, maybe we could write Amoco and they'll give it to us. And they said, they ain't gonna, they're not going to give us property that, that, that they're asking $275,000 for. I said, well, how do you know? Because you, you, know, you, you haven't asked. You, you have not because you asked not. So then I said, okay, I'll tell you what. I'll write a letter to Amico. They said, you go ahead and do that, Pastor. You know, they said it like, you know, you're wasting your time, but if you want to waste your time, that's your time. Go ahead and waste your time if you want to waste your time. So I waste my time. I wrote the letter. So I wrote the letter, finished the letter. I didn't know who to send it to. Then Sister Corney, who was my secretary at the time, said, uh, Sister Cunningham said, call her about Christian education. I called Sister Cunningham and because Sister Corney said, yeah, here's her number at Amico," And I, I, said, I said to her, she wanted to talk about it. I said, wait, 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 wait. You work at Amoco? She said, yeah, pastor, 20 years. Don't you know that? I said, no, I didn't know that. I'm sitting here with a letter in my hand. I don't know who to send it to. And uh, do you know who, who runs the property? She said, the woman who owns it is the one who trained me 20 years ago. She's over the properties of Amico for Chicago. Her name is Gina Burns. And so her office is right down the hall. Fax me the letter. I'll take it to her. So I fax her the letter. She calls me back an hour later. She said, pastor... It's yours. I said, really? She said, yeah, we've only done it for one other ministry. But they did such a good job in developing the property and getting a good name for it that Amico now said, we ought to consider giving all those properties away to non for profits And so, wait a minute, wait a minute. Let me move on, but let me make my point. That because some believers had done it well the first time, they were willing to trust some believers they didn't know the second time. You don't ever know what you're setting somebody up for by living the way you ought to be living.
1: What a reminder that the way that we live our day-to-day lives really matters. We're listening to Treasure Truth with Pastor and Author James Ford Jr. And you can access today's message on our website. You can stream the audio, request a CD, or simply listen through your computer when you go to treasuretruthradio.org. Well, there is a lot more to come in our study called We Walk by Faith. We're going to take a look at Sarah, Joshua, Moses, and other biblical heroes. But as we dig deeper into God's Word, it's important to remember that the goal in reading the Bible is not simply to read the Bible. The goal of reading the Bible is to get to know and to interact with the God of the Bible. That's the topic of a book by David Whitehead called Making Sense of the Bible, How to Connect with God Through His Word. Even if you've been reading the Bible your entire life, chances are there are large portions that you're not sure what to do with. The Gospels make sense. The stories in Genesis and Exodus are thrilling, but after that, you start to feel a little bogged down in the details. Well, David Whitehead is a former atheist whose life was turned upside down when he started looking into the Bible for himself. And in making sense of the Bible, he shares the tools and the insights that he learned that made the Bible come alive. We'll send you a copy of this practical book when you give a gift of any amount. Call us at 888-644-7660. That's 1-888-644-7660. Or go online to treasuredtruthradio.org. If you prefer, you can also send a check. Our address is Treasure Truth, 820 North LaSalle Boulevard, Chicago, Illinois, 60610. I'm Steve Hiller. Our producer is Amy Rios. And we're going to conclude our study of Abraham tomorrow here on Treasured Truth, a production of Moody Radio, a ministry of Moody Bible Institute.